Cobb County School District is one of the largest districts in the country. With over 16 competing high schools and a deep pool of talent in every sport, this is the Cobb Sports Podcast. Let's dig in. Altoona opting to go for the tie here, Dave. Absolutely. If they don't get this, the game is over. There's, there's no one-side option, no other way for Alatuna to get the ball back. They must score. Strickland, offer back foot, and it's incomplete. Broken up. Pope is going to win the state championship. That was the call from Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Wednesday afternoon as the Pope Greyhounds defeated the Altoona Buccaneers for the Area 3 flag football state title. As expected, it was an incredible game and fairly low scoring for these two highly skilled teams. Throughout the playoffs, Pope outscored their opponents 106-12, defeating Pebblebrook, Valdosta, Central Gwinnett, and most importantly, Blessed Trinity. Alatuna outscored their opponents 85-12 and eliminated Langston Hughes, Alpharetta, Woodstock, and Sequoia. Both of these high-scoring offenses were tempered by experienced and well-coached defenses, and the title game came down to a single extra point play with 20 points left on the clock to determine the winner, as you heard at the top of the show. Here's GHSA Executive Director Robin Hines making the trophy presentation to Pope's coach, Kevin Frazier. First off, I want to congratulate Alatuna on an outstanding season. I also want to congratulate Alatuna's crowd for showing up and also for having the GHSA student section of the year. Congratulations for that. You guys were great. Today, it gives us great pleasure on behalf of Alpha Insurance and the Georgia High School Association to give the state championship trophy to the Pope Greyhounds. All right, Coach, what does this mean for your team? Oh, man, it means so much. It's a shame that someone had to lose today because that, what an incredible game. All, all credit to Alatuna. I mean, what a, what a game. But, um, yeah, our girls have worked extremely hard. Um, this group really wants to prepare. They want to get better. Um, all season long, just gotten better and better. And we faced a ton of adversity today uh, and had to battle through it. I'm just so proud of them. They're very, they deserve it. Congratulations to the Lady Greyhounds for their first ever flag football state title and to Altoona for a runner-up. It was a hard-fought battle and it was a privilege to watch these two amazing teams leave it all on the field. Make sure to also check out the article about this game on CobbSports.org. Well done, Pope and Altoona. This looks like a rivalry in the making. Another game was also played at the Benz on Wednesday evening. The Walton Raiders took on the Milton Eagles for the 7A football state title. Despite leading the game at halftime 14-7, the Raiders had a disappointing third quarter with three turnovers, all of which Milton was able to capitalize on with points. The Raiders pulled within three points late in the game, but couldn't regain the lead and had to settle for runner-up. Although it obviously wasn't what they wanted, it was an exceptional season and one that will be remembered for years to come for Walton. Congratulations to Coach Bruner and the entire Walton program on going 14-1 in the highest classification in Georgia. It is an accomplishment that can't be ignored and something to be proud about. Thank you for an exciting season, Raiders. My discussion this week is with District Athletic Director Don Baker and Cobb Supervisor of STEM and Innovation, Dr. Sally Creel. The topic is eSports and how Cobb is ramping up teams around the district and what it takes to field an eSports team. 
It's a fascinating conversation that I hope you enjoy and learn a lot from, because I know I did. Like flag football, esports is a new GHSA sport, and it is only now getting started. This sport will only get bigger and more popular, and Don Baker and Dr. Creel help to explain why. We are here talking about esports. So this is the final podcast of the 2023 uh, school year and the year overall. Um, and we had an open slot. We didn't have any any AD interviews to do. We've we've interviewed all the all the ADs around the county, um, but we do have um, one one familiar voice that, that that listeners are going to recognize is uh, athletic uh, county athletic director Don Baker, and then we also have Dr. Sally Creel, who is the head of STEM, STEM and innovation. STEM and innovation. Yes. So, Don, remind listeners. Who you are and and what you do, real quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, Don Baker, director of athletics for the district, oversee uh, the athletic programs and and help our local school athletic directors in our sixteen high schools. Okay, and Dr. Creel, just just give a quick sentence on what on what you do. Sure. So I support STEM and STEAM programs throughout all of our schools, K twelve. Okay. All right. So one of the things that that we want to and, and and the main thing that we want to talk about is esports. Um, and I know for me personally, I cover sports for the district, but I don't know much about esports. Um, and I don't think I'm unique in that. Now, students who are involved in esports obviously obviously know m- much about it. And we only have what four four. Sc- we have four schools that are competing currently. Yes. Okay. All right. So so tell us from from an athletic standpoint a little bit about about the esports program. Well, esports is one of the fastest growing. Uh, "Quote unquote sports in the country, uh, both at the high school level uh, and below, uh, as well as the collegiate level. Some of the uh, the, the largest scholarships that are being handed out uh, right now are are esports related. Uh, so it is in the gaming sector, a growing sector across the country, uh, and we were really excited to kind of take the leap. And Sally uh, have and I have worked to to kind of get it going, uh, and it's it's taken off. We've got four schools that are competing in the fall. We're probably going to have another four. Uh, that come on board in the spring. Okay. Uh, so the hope is that by the end of the school year, we'll have at least half the district competing. Okay. And then now you you, you said you've been working with with Dr. Creel on this. Why? What? Why is there? Why is there a, an overlap between the athletic department and the uh, STEM and innovation department? Well, we see lots of opportunities for our students to have careers in these um, in the esports area. It's more than just the gaming side of it. It's the entire ecosystem that surrounds gaming, from shoutcasting to organizing the games to the logistics to actually the development of the games. And all of those require a lot of STEM elements to be able to do that. And so we see it as an opportunity to really support our students and give them access to additional opportunities, which is what we're about all in Cobb. Okay. So we had a lot of programs, actually a lot of departments that got together to do this because we had to work closely with technology services because there's a lot of updates. Mm -hmm. All our gamers out there know that there are lots of updates and there's, you know, there's a lot of logistics behind the scenes to make sure the technology works the way that we need it to so that our student athletes can compete at the highest level. Okay. Then that's actually one of, one of my questions and and maybe this is going out of order, but, um, the, the, the equipment. So I, I know, um, Cobb wasn't in esports for a while to in order to get its technology up up to a certain level, but that that would seem like an unfair advantage where where where, where maybe a maybe a, a big school district like Cobb or Gwinnett that that has the funds to be able to, to buy better equipment could have a, an unfair advantage against against a smaller school. How does that how does that work? Well, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. So we are at an entry level. Uh, for our participation. So do we have necessarily equipment across the board that is going to allow us to win a state championship right now? Probably not. Okay. But if you look at anyone that starts a brand new program, 
if you can find a program that wins a state championship right out of the gate, then I'll kudos to them. Yeah, good good for you, right? Um, and so that's kind of where we're at right now. We're we're using the equipment that we have uh, currently okay. in our schools uh, that were enough for us to 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 get started to start to to get integrated into the space. Uh, and then the hope is that moving forward, uh, these programs will develop just like all of the other athletic programs in our buildings. Okay. So when we say the equipment, Dr. Curl, it's not just everybody playing on Xbox? No, it is not. Actually, we're not even using Xbox. Okay. We're using um, primarily computer-driven games. And we had to get in there and actually look at which games we were going to have our students compete in. There's a large plethora of games out there. And so we narrowed down the ones that we wanted to get started in. And those are the, I always say the letters wrong, G-H-S-H-A. Did I say them right? G-H-S-A. GHSA, yes. See, I say I'm wrong every time. Um, but the ones that are also supported and sponsored through that organization. So from the technology side, we had to look at what do we have right now to get started? And what's going to give our students the most competitive edge if they want to try to compete and do the best possible um, performance out there? So we work with our Career Technical Association, which is CTAE. Um, and that department, we have several labs across the district that have high functioning high-speed computers okay. that have the refresh rates and all the information. I'm talking about stuff that I don't completely understand all the <laughs> logistics behind it. Sounds really good. It, it really, you know, we worked yeah. really closely, again, with our technology services team to make sure that our students had what they needed to at least get started. Okay. And then we hope to grow that. So we have teams that are out there currently practicing, recruiting members, looking at how they can fundraise, how how they can find and carve out a space okay. in their school to make that happen. And then working with our partners to leverage some of the resources our partners may have available so that our students can have access to this. Okay. All right. So Don, talk a little bit about what, um, once you commit to esports, you're not required to, to play all the games, right? Correct. Yeah, you, you, you can choose which you, ones you can your essentially focus on. on on each individual esports team. You could have a quote unquote specialist. Okay. that only do one one game or two games. Okay, uh, so you're not necessarily committed to compete in all of them. Okay, you look at the infrastructure you have. You look at the number of team uh, teams that you feel like you can field uh, based on your personnel, and at that time you can declare as to what you want to compete in. Okay, and then with the with the four schools that are competing right now, what what does a team look like? How many how many how many students are we talking about? Well, it can it can be as as small as just three or four, okay. or you could have up to several dozen. It just kind of depends on the interest that you have at that particular school. I know that both at uh, Sprayberry and Walton, they have full teams okay. uh, that have competed. Uh, actually, uh, just last week, uh, Walton and Sprayberry ended up meeting each other in the playoffs. Okay, uh, And so we kind of Kind of cannibalized one another. Uh, so Walton ended up beating Sprayberry but, uh, to advance. But that's that's kind of the way it looks right now. Okay. And then what does a what does a practice look like? I mean, are they like an athletic team? Do, do they meet every day after school? And do they have regular practices? I mean, how does it Yeah, so the way it like? works is they practice before and after school. Okay. Um, and they're doing it in labs. Uh, so like in a computer lab where they would go in uh, and get logged into the platform. Uh, and then uh, that's where they, they quote unquote, train okay. uh, and compete as well. Okay. Now, from from your perspective then, Dr. Creel, uh, I mean, most people are going to look at that and say, oh, kids are playing video games. They they do that at home. What what are they actually learning and, and, and how do they apply those skills that they're, that they're practicing, that they're competing with? 
in um, in their educational process. So I don't know if you're familiar or if you've ever even seen like an esports competition. I have not. But the cool thing about it is it is it's just like a regular performance, like any type of sporting event that you're out there. You have your shoutcasters that are actually calling the game play by play. Mm, and okay. when someone does a, a really good um, maneuver or something like that, they're calling that out. They're broadcasting that live. There's the game development side of it. There's the finding the bugs, looking at the code. There's the communication online and offline, the strategy amongst the players. All of those are those agility of thought things that students are going to need in whichever career they decide to go into in the future. So the fact that they've been able to collaborate and be part of a team, the fact that they've developed that that creative thinking and that mindset of, you know, understanding this is our goal, this is our problem, this is how we're going to work together to solve that. Okay. Those are skills that they're going to use in any area, okay. but also the awareness of the broadcast side of it, the the gaming side of it, and then just that development in this entire gaming network. Like Gaming and esports, it's a multi billion dollar business. And so, our students having access to that, even at an entry level and an awareness of all the different elements that go into that, that's what we're trying to give them access to. Okay. Now, Don, you said that, that Walton and Sprayberry just, just played. Is that, is one team the home team? Does, do, or, or, or do they play? Do they play virtually, or are they Correct. actually physically in the same place? They, they could be. Okay. Uh, I don't believe they were. Uh, but once they get down to the actual state championship, uh, that's uh, December 15th. They do that at the University of West Georgia. Okay. And they will, everyone will be in the same arena right. uh, and competing. You know, they'll be at separate uh, separate areas okay. of the. I think they do that in one of their gyms, and so they'll uh, they'll do that. Uh, but you could be in in, in one place in one okay. arena, uh, or you could be in two different places uh, just on a, a, a common platform. Okay. Now, does that when during the during the championships, does that mean that everybody brings their own equipment, and they or, or are they playing on house equipment? That's a good question. I, I I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. To be honest with you. Okay. That actually is its kind of one of the cool things that we've done. So from a STEM side, our state, Georgia, we're a very collaborative STEM state. Like we share, we talk with all the different districts. So from this athletic side, yes, there's cooperation. We'll be collaborative with people, but we're still kind of competitive. Mm-hmm. We've worked a lot with um, Forsyth County, and they've actually helped share kind of the nuts and bolts of, hey, here's how we got started, because they're a little bit further along than okay. we are, and they've had it for a little bit longer. So when we run into things that we don't know yet, because we haven't done it from a district system approach of actually implementing this and getting it all set up, they've been great partners and thought partners with us to kind of help leverage their experience to help us inform and make the kind of the best decisions possible. Okay. So yeah, obviously there, there's a lot of room for growth and there, it, it, it's just going to, to get bigger from, from where we are now. But where are we right now? Do, do either of you know what, what kind of percentage-wise, how much of, 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 this, of the state actually has esports programs? Percentage of the state, I don't know if I could tell you necessarily that. They they are they, they've got a full bracket of teams in each of the individual games. Okay. Each individual game, you know, require it's gonna require anywhere between 24, 26 teams uh, to qualify for a state championship sport per per the GHSA. Okay. Uh, so it is probably next to flag football, probably the fastest growing uh, sport. Uh, in the state of Georgia. Okay, but but they're not to the point where they have to separate teams up by classifications like they would in. Not yet. No. It's it, everybody's just playing for in that in that one game. They're all playing for that 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 title Correct. in that game. Correct. Okay, and there's there's how many how many different games? 
Well, like I said, we there's only two that we are currently okay. actively playing in. There's close to six or eight uh, that they compete in okay. over the course of the year. It's a little different from a from the season standpoint. I know you and I before we got on, we were talking about that. It's there's a fall season and a spring season, right? Uh, so it really runs. Uh, it's it's our probably our longest season okay. uh, throughout the year because it does cover those those two seasons. And that would that would interfere then, I, I assume, with with uh, maybe maybe somebody who normally runs track that also wants to do esports in the spring, they would have to choose or they could do both? They, no, any of our schools, you can do multiple sports okay. if you choose. It's a matter of those coaches uh, and those kids working together on what that schedule looks like okay. uh, from day to day. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you're locked into one or the other. Okay. And then from, from the from, from your side, Sally, what, what, where do you hope this goes? Where, where I hope do you it hope continues that? to grow, and I hope that we have uh, a program in every high school. Okay. And I hope that we start developing some of those feeder clubs in the middle schools so that we can start giving that skill and that access level. Because students are ranked at all different age groups based on their ability to perform at a high level in these different games. And that translates into scholarships. Okay. And you know, you know that students can get athletic scholarships for more of your traditional mm-hmm. sports, but esports you can also get athletic scholarships at universities and have your entire university experience paid for. Oh, wow, okay. Because of your ability to really successfully navigate a game. Okay. And that's a really exciting opportunity for our students, one that we haven't necessarily leveraged to the full potential so far in Cobb. We've had some different club groups and community groups that have gotten together to have some informal clubs, but now having this sponsored one that is through the district is really going to open up more avenues for our students to really get the recognition at that state level and beyond. Okay. Yeah, that was that was kind of going to be my my next question was was are there are there um, NCAA are, are there Division 1 esports teams? Yes, there are. Okay, yeah. right. and, and, and like I it, said, it's a, a growing scholarship sport at the interscholastic level. That, along with flag football, are growing uh, exponentially. Uh, and even to be so young in doing this as a district, uh, just recently, right before the break, we gave athlete of the week to one of our right. esports uh, team and members, the, and over. that was the first one, right? That was that was, that was the first time in esports. Yes. Okay, and and he is one of the best players in the state. Wow! Uh, so it's it's almost kind of a, of a sleeping giant, in my opinion, uh, when you look at the kids that are in our schools uh, and the the, the potential uh, to turn this into a, a super competitive uh, piece of our athletic profile. Okay, it's cool. It's 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 a it's a different. You have to rewire your mind. It is. In, it's in a, different. A different. It takes way. a moment just to kind of process all of it. And the really other cool thing is, we know the benefits that ha- that come along with having students participate in in athletics. Mm-hmm. We know that those students stay in school longer. We know that sometimes that's the motivation that brings them to school. What we're finding with esports across the nation, when you look at the research, it's tapping into a group of students that aren't traditionally involved in our more traditional academics or not academics, athletics mm-hmm. programs. So this is a whole untapped population that can now um, feel part of their high school and be part of that experience in a way that is a little bit different. And we hope to actually see that improve our graduation rates and okay. be one of the things that retains those students and gets them coming back to school more and more. Okay, so I guess my final question before I, before I let you guys give your final comments, if if there's a if there's a kid out there, if there's, a, if there's a, a student out there who doesn't really play video games himself or herself now is is there is there a, an opening for them on the team can they in other words can you go in without any kind of experience and 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 get to a certain level where you need to be i think you can okay. I, I think it is just like any other sport uh, it deals with reps 
and it deals with practice, okay. and it deals with the uh, the want to, uh, to to be able to to lean into instruction uh, and feed off of your teammates. And, and I think to to answer your question, absolutely, I think you can. Okay, would you agree? Oh, definitely. Okay. And when you look at that, there's all different roles on an athletic, a traditional athletic mm-hmm. team. There's all different roles. Same thing with esports. We will have all different roles of students that will participate. Some that'll be those those standout gamers, and then others that may be more of a behind the scenes role that is nonetheless important that gives them access to valuable skills hmm. that they'll use later in life. Okay. So it truly is a team sport, even though it, it, it seems like it's very individual, but 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 it is it is a team. And that and that's what they're what they're doing. So when they're playing a game, it's it's not just everybody playing their own game. They're they're as a team, they're playing the game together, right? A hundred percent. Yep. Okay. The thing that got me is I was like I don't understand why people are going to sit around and watch someone play a video game, <laughs> you know, because I'm not a gamer. It wasn't right. my area, but I knew it was valuable for students. So we were definitely all on board and, you know, advocating for it. And someone else said to me, well, don't people just sit around on right. on the weekend right. and watch other people play games? Yeah, isn't that Twitch. what, yeah. isn't that, well, isn't football? I mean, people sit there and just watch <laughs> football guess, on yeah, TV and I'm true, like, yeah. oh, I guess we are watching other people <laughs> play a game. It's just a different way. Yeah. And it, we've normalized one and we haven't necessarily normalized the other one yet. So it's just a way of just looking at it differently and just kind of keeping our minds open for what can our students learn from this. Okay, And right. we do want to balance it. It's not just sitting and playing games. We want these students active. We want them to be athletes that are, have a well-balanced diet. Mm-hmm. A well, you know, health is important and health and physical fitness is a definite important part of it. It's just not necessarily everything that goes into this game, but it is a very essential element okay. to esports. Okay. And that, and that was, thank you for reminding me, that was a question I had. With this being part of the athletic program, are there any of those those type of of, of physical requirements that, that 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 go into that that a coach has to has to do with their team? That's a good question. Uh, obviously, uh, it is a little bit more uh, s- static mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to uh, your more uh, movement related uh, sports. Uh, but I think mentally, uh, I think if you ask any of these kids when they're done. Uh, with with a match, they're probably they're exhausted. tired. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, thinking is hard work, right? Right, Doctor Crew. Definitely hard right. work. But right. I think it is. It's definitely one of those things to kind of keep in mind is that that is a again part of that comprehensive ecosystem around that. No, we don't want someone just sitting in a room all day long playing games for ten hours straight. Mm-hmm. That's not a healthy practice for that athlete or for anyone else, just like we wouldn't advocate for someone to be in the gym for 10 hours straight doing reps. Mm -hmm. We look at, you know, what is best for your body and what does your body need holistically? And so we want to advocate for both sides of this. Okay. That's great. So is there anything that I haven't asked either of you that you want to make sure that you, that you mention about, about esports and, and Cobb? I think that it's just it's another opportunity for our students to get involved in their building. Uh, it's going to continue to be uh, a growing opportunity throughout this district, uh, and we look forward to watching it grow. Okay, Dr. Crew. I 100% agree. I'm just I'm really excited to see that it is. I mean, it's our first year. We've only been doing this for a couple of months, launching it, you know, in our schools, and we already have so many successes out there. I can't wait to see where it goes next. All right, that's great. I, I can't either because, like I said, I'm I'm kind of a newbie to all, to all this too. I'm trying to figure it out as you go along. This has been really helpful to me, and I hope it's been uh, really helpful to our listeners. District Athletic Director Don Baker, Dr. Sally Creel, Director of STEM, STEM and Innovation. STEM and Innovation. That doesn't roll off my tongue like it should. Um, but thank you both for being here. And uh, thank you for listening to the Cobb Sports Podcast. That's going to do it for this week and for this year. This is the final podcast of 2023. And I hope you have enjoyed the ride since starting this in August. It's been a lot of fun and there's much more to come in 2024. 
Also remember to check out the website at cobsports.org to read up on other events and happenings around the district, like I mentioned earlier, the flag football championship game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll do this again next year, but until then, keep supporting your favorite schools and teams around Cobb.